Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Well, welcome again. This is another uh, edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness. I'm Tim Patterson, Executive Director of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Today, we have Ronnie Floyd, Dr. Ronnie Floyd of the SBC Executive Committee with us. And he's going to be talking about some things that are really, really amazing and so good. Uh, some vision and passion that he has for where we're going. So stay tuned, listen in, and, and it's going to be a great, great, great cast. So listen in. Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course, any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you want to contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan for pastors and leaders of this great state and others within our Baptist Zion to provide encouragement, inspiration, information in order that we may all be better prepared to punch holes in the darkness. I'm Pastor Tim Patterson. I'm the Executive Director Treasurer here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan and your host for today's podcast. Today, we have a very, very special guest with us today. We have Dr. Ronnie Floyd. He is the president and CEO of the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee, has been so since April of uh, 2019. Uh, Dr. Floyd grew up in Texas area. So did I. That's why I like him so much. We're both Texans. <laughs> And uh, he pastored for 43 years, 32 of which he was at the, uh, the Cross Church in Arkansas there. He was a senior pastor and had a phenomenal ministry and growing a great church and evangelizing and planting churches and sending people out. It's just a wonderful ministry there. And I, we followed uh, Dr. Floyd's ministry for years and, and seen some wonderful things take place in his ministry there. He's also been so actively involved with the Southern Baptist Convention, as many of you know. He's a trustee on many of our entities and uh, uh, has served even as the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, was so from 2014 and through 2016. He's authored multiple books, I think 24 plus books maybe. Um, his wife, uh, Jeannie, they've been married, uh, what, uh, how long have you guys been married? Since 76, somewhere in there? Or? Yeah, 44 years. 40. 
four years, two sons, <laughs> and uh, you have, here's the great part, two sons, of course, they have wives, but he has seven grandchildren. Now, that's the cool part right there. Yeah. Uh, no that's what we love for those grandkids and having fun with them. So, oh, Ronnie, man. thank you. Thank you so much for joining with us today and uh, for being a friend of Michigan Baptist and of all Southern Baptists. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing there in uh, uh, the EC and uh, the executive committee and helping us move things forward in the convention. Uh, just a couple of questions. You know, you were a pastor 30, 43 years, 43 mm. years, and then all of a sudden, you shift gears and you become yeah. the executive, the CEO of Southern Baptist uh, Executive Committee. Uh, was that much of a change for you or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, that's the understatement of all questions right there, my friend. Yes. Um, you know, I came here really by divine calling, and that's the only thing that would have ever brought me here. And I was, I was a satisfied customer serving a local church. I, I love pastoring. I was in a great season of ministry life and quite honestly was being very fulfilled in every way. And, um, you know, you pastor Tim, you know, every church goes through seasons. Every pastor goes through seasons. I was in a great season and had been in a great season for a long time. And the church had been as well. And so, you know, this came out of uh, nowhere in many in many ways, um, and when the Lord really revealed to us and and uh, and all that this was to be our assignment, um, you know, I I willingly uh, submitted to His will. I, I told Him my whole life, you know, I'm yours, Lord, and uh, and that even means uh, when you are where I was in ministry, that you don't belong to yourself, you belong to the Lord. The most comfortable thing I could have done is to remain where I was. I understand. The most, <laughs> the most uncomfortable and the most um, radical thing I could do is what I'm doing today um, compared to where I was. And so there was nothing attractive in it other than the Lord calling me and my passion to take the gospel to the world. And that has always lit me up. It's always dominated me. It's, it's ministered to me and, and moved me. And that's why I'm here. And Ronnie, I understand that fully. When I left uh, the pastorate as well to come to Michigan as executive director, it, uh, it was, it was a scary thing. Honestly, it just yeah. was so scary because I knew where my wheelhouse was. I knew where I was mm. comfortable and I loved pastoring. I loved preaching and pastoring people. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it was a, it was quite a shift and a different mm. change for me, but I'm telling you just as you, Ronnie, I love what I do because I know mm. I'm where God wants me. Sure. And that's not saying it's not without difficulties. That's there right. are days <laughs> that it gets mm -hmm. really really difficult and crazy as you well know and yours is more amplified than mine but i, I tell you i i still love what i do mm. here's one thing i missed ronnie and maybe you can kind of comment on this well i about pastoring of course i missed the pastoring part they still call mm. me pastor tim here mm -hmm. i came with that 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 title and that's what i stayed with and uh 
I miss the children and the families, mm. you know, that watching them grow up from oh. little and going up and being who mm. they are. Uh, that's, that's what I miss. And, uh, what about you? I mean, those are, are those, what do you miss most about the pastorate? Yeah, I think, uh, you've identified part of that is the relational dynamic. When you've stayed somewhere for 32 years, as I did, and the church just, um, really exploded, uh, in all those years and became nothing like the church that I went to 32 years prior to that. And so I had literally uh, dedicated many of those people to the Lord when they were babies and mm -hmm. baptized them, um, prayed over them as they graduated from high school, married a bunch of them. Sure. Sadly, had to bury a few of them. And um, but, you know, that's that the relational dynamic is powerful. One of the things that I miss is knowing I'm in the I'm in it with a lot of people. You know, Tim, uh, one of the real adjustments here is that most pastors don't realize that they have a, uh, they have people cheering for them every Sunday. Absolutely. Um, when you're in it, you don't know that as much. You don't think about that. You're not looking for that. You're just trying to obey the Lord and honor the Lord. And, and, uh, but you, you have people cheering you on, uh, that are out there serving and giving and and you may not even know their name it just depends on the size of the church and where you are uh, but you know they're praying for you and they know you're with you in the game in a position um, like the one i have here that is more of a national basis um, i miss that dynamic i feel like right. i'm in greater spiritual warfare every day of my life doing what i'm doing today and i have less people praying me through that journey because I don't have my people, uh, right. you know, my people with me in that journey and pastors, when they stand up on Sunday morning and they break the bread of life, that is one of the greatest joys any pastor has. That's where you gain favor and it covers a multitude of your own sins with your people. Yep. And, um, you know, when you're in a position like you and I have, uh, that are somewhat alike, but at the same time, distinctive in, uh, in, in, in matters as well. Um, it makes it very challenging at times um, because people don't know our hearts at times. They don't, they don't, we don't have the opportunity to, to bleed on them, if you may, right. like a pastor would as he bears his heart every week from the word of God. Yeah. It's that personal intimate connection that is just, you, you don't get that. And now I yeah. have some of that. I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by yeah. great staff and people right. and I interact with them a lot. And then of course I'm, I'm with a pastor in a church every Sunday. That's just what mm -hmm. I do. I okay. travel around and I know you travel, but it's still sure. not the same. It's still not yeah. the same That's as great. being there. And, uh, I, I know those have been some transitions and so forth. I've watched you as you brought on great staff around you. Mm. I, I thought uh, you have made some of the, the wisest, most strategic choices in leadership around mm. you on your staff of That's anybody great. I've seen in a long time do. And you, mm. I, I just, I really commend you for that. You've done a great job with it. I love the people you've got around you. Uh, I've, mm. You've figured it out. You put smarter people than you around you mm. that are Correct. gifted in the areas that they're gifted in mm -hmm. and they are doing a wonderful job and they have helped 
us personally here in Michigan on several occasions. Everything from Jonathan Howe to Willie McLaurin, those guys have been just wonderful to us yeah. and helpful to us. And I appreciate what you're doing there. And thank you for that leadership. Well, thank you, Tim. You know, one of the things that I really did when I came here is that, you know, I inherited a team like you would anywhere. And, and quite honestly, was very committed to working with that team. Um, and I just prayed and asked the Lord to do what he wanted to do. And, and uh, you know, a lot of our folks were right at the retirement age when I came mm -hmm. here. And some of them determined to retire within a matter of months, um, mainly because they were waiting on the new exec to get here in order to do that. And I had a great relationship with all those people. I love them. I appreciate them. They're welcome here anytime. And they know that. Um, but I also prayed that the Lord would bring the people here and uh, that he really wanted to be here. And we have, you know, one of the things that I want to just assure all of you that are uh, the men that are, that are doing your position uh, as leaders in our state convention, as well as uh, your state convention there. Um, is that, you know, we had two of my lead guys here come straight out of state conventions. Mm -hmm. um, Greg Addison, uh, who is my executive vice president, been on our team about uh, five months now, I believe, uh, as executive vice president. He was a right-hand man in the Arkansas Baptist Convention. He was an attorney. He was a pastor uh, and uh, came out of Bellevue Church in Memphis originally, ministered under Dr. Rogers. And, and, uh, and then of course, another one is you, a man you referred to, and that is Willie McLaurin, who was a right-hand man of, of uh, Randy Davis at the Tennessee Baptist convention. And so, you know, I wanted them because, because state conventions are our partners. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're here to serve churches, but we, but we have the privilege to do that as we assist all of you and encourage you and do what we can to help uh, move the ball forward. And, you know, our role here, Tim, is, uh, is, is connected to every part of Baptist life, um, from the local church to the state convention, to the national entities, to the global ministry, to the cooperative program, you name it. I mean, we're connected to it, whether we want to be or not, um, we're, we're, we're in that and, uh, but we're grateful for the privilege to be able to impact when we have the opportunity. To do well, so. Ronnie, we appreciate that. And, and we feel that since that, and know that, that, uh, it's not a top down relationship. Mm -hmm. We got that. We understand it. Cause I tell my people here in the state, this is, I'm not at the top. I'm at the very bottom. Yeah, the church right. is at the top right. and we're at the bottom. So we understand that. And we appreciate mm -hmm. your spirit and attitude in that. I know you've Thank had you. some challenges there. There's no yeah. doubt. There are some cha great challenges. I always like to ask somebody I've asked every one of our entity leaders just about as I've interviewed them for this podcast, what's been the greatest challenge that you stepped into one that maybe you weren't expecting or were expecting what's been the greatest difficulty or challenge you have had since you've been there at the executive committee you know tim thank you for the question i was hired here on april the 2nd uh did not begin formally until may the 20th because i mean i was in a long-term pastorate and needed to transition that over a few weeks and and did and uh, so May 20th, I was here for my first day, and I immediately entered the Southern Baptist Convention of 2019. 
which was uh, extremely challenging convention, as you know. And, um, and so with that, I feel like I walked into uh, a lot of fire and that fire has not let up. That fire continues to, to spread uh, in ways that's just out of my control many times. And I can't control the narrative. And, you know, when you're a pastor, you have that pulpit to bring together the narrative of the church and direct toward the mission. And uh, so I'm trying to learn to my very best to, to navigating through that and trying to figure out, okay, how do I do that? And how can I get through this in order to go over here? And um, because in reality, as you well know, I mean, with all the challenges of social media and the instantaneous information that comes from all over the country and the world, it is an extraordinary challenge under the best conditions. But we've been in a pandemic for the last 12 uh, and now in our 13th month, uh, and I've only been here about 22 months. And so, you know, it's been, it's been, the challenge has been over the top. I mean, there's no question about it. I would be, I would be um, not, I would be less than truthful if I didn't admit that. And I know it. And am I concerned about it? Absolutely. I'm concerned about it. I'm burdened about it. And uh, I just really need all of you. Uh, there in your state to pray, uh, to pray not only for the ministry of the Holy Spirit and His work in your state, but also to pray for our greater SBC family, because it impacts everything we do. It impacts everything in our states. It impacts everything we do across the world. You know that, Tim. And we all need to share that burden and carry that burden, uh, because I'm telling you, we're doing what we're doing, we're trying to move the ball forward to take the gospel to every person uh, across North America and the entire world. And, you know, last week we obviously observed uh, the North American uh, time of praying for our missionaries, for over 5,000 of those missionaries. And I thought the North American Mission Board did a great job with the eight days of emphasis that, that existed. The videos were very, very powerful. And, uh, and I went through those every day and, and, and prayed deliberately and, and prayed for you, Tim, every day and your wife. Uh, that's one thing Gina and I both started doing in January this year. We pray for every state executive and their spouse every day. And we call out their names to the Lord because you guys are in the middle of challenges that are massive and we need to pray for one another through all of those challenges. Okay, folks, we'll be right back with a continuation of Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from 
just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, GuideServe. Ronnie, uh, you're going in from uh, from a church into this position, no doubt, has been extremely challenging and, mm-hmm. and a difficult time. And uh, I, uh, I had a discussion with with another state exec about your position, and and he and he said, you know, I know Ronnie feels like the uh, uh, the representative at a lost baggage claim in an airport right now because nobody's happy and everybody's mm-hmm. there because something's not right or and uh it's just difficult I, and i got that and and there are times mm. during this pandemic i felt the same way and mm. uh but but ronnie i want you to share in just a few minutes that we've got left here the vision that you've mm. laid out for southern baptists uh, through 2025 mm. um I've been so encouraged by it. So many others are. We talk about it. You presented it on different occasions. But mm-hmm. give us just a little bit of that. I know you can't go through all of that because we don't have sure. time for all of that. I but I'll, tell us about the vision that God's laid on your heart and where we need to go as Southern Baptist. Well, Tim, uh, for all the people who come to Nashville Convention this year in 2021, uh, we're going to be able to present that and hopefully have the approval of the Southern Baptist Convention to go forward. Our goal was to get that done in Orlando's convention last year, but the convention obviously was canceled. So now it's being uh, moved uh, forward one year. Uh, When I came here, I started working with Dr. Kevin Ezell of the North American Mission Board and Dr. Paul Chipwood at the IMB, trying to uh, figure out a way that we could unify and bring people together around the Great Commission. You know, we're never going to unify around this or that or all the little various things of Baptist life. We never have. No. And so we need to unite around what we believe and then the, the Great Commission. And that's what we need to bring about unity. And, uh, and that's what this is really all about. And I believe that God has given us a, a, a great opportunity to do this. Let me share it with you like this, and I'll go straight to the point. It's all built around this statement. Vision 2025 is a vision to reach every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. Now, listen, that covers North America, and that Mm -hmm. covers all across the world. So what can we do over now the next four years together through the end of the year 2025 What can we do between now and then to move us forward into achieving that goal as much as we can, as far as it depends on us? Okay, so how can we do that? Goal number one, our strategic action number one, is that we want to see 500 additional missionaries overseas with the International Mission Board. That means we're going to have to understand the importance of, 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 of global mission, and we have to do what we can to reach the unengaged, unreached people groups of this world. And we need more missionaries. We have around Man. 36 to 3,700. 
we need to move it to 4,200 plus. Goal number two is that we want to add basically uh, 5,000 new congregations all across North America. Those come through church planting. Those come through church replanting. Those come through campuses that we begin to identify around the around the country through multi-campus churches. Mm-hmm. It also comes through church affiliation uh, with with churches that join your convention and the other uh, conventions out here uh, and associations and, of course, the national as well. And so we are hoping and praying that God will do that. We believe that that can occur over the next four years. Um, the third vision is that we will have a new emphasis and uh, to reemphasize again, as we did many, 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 many years ago, and that is the importance of calling out the called. Amen. Uh, I believe deeply uh, that that Jesus is committed to finish the Great Commission. We know that. If that's true, and since that's true, then that means there are people sitting in every church in your state, every church across the United States and beyond, that God has people in those churches ready to call out of those churches and put them into the mission field or into the ministry of the gospel um, to a from a bivocational or full vocational calling in their life. And so we deeply believe this needs to be done. You know, we do a pretty good job preparing the called, but right. we talk about that more than we do calling out the call. Correct. Um, and so I think that's just really critical and would encourage every pastor to start doing that in your state. Uh, the fourth goal is that is that we turn around the ongoing decline in reaching, baptizing, and discipling uh, 12 to 17-year-old teenagers, young teenagers. Absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is terrible what's going on. Since the year 2000, our student baptisms in, in, in middle school, high school are down uh, by uh, no less than 38 percent, Tim. Mm. Uh, and that, that's just ridiculous. We have just as many teenagers today as we did back when we were baptizing many, many, many more teenagers. And this needs to this needs to change. I mean, the bottom line is if we want to see baptisms turn around in any state convention, as well as in any Southern Baptist convention as a whole, if we can turn around the teenage baptisms, we can do this. And I believe deeply that can be done. Absolutely. And uh, and so you know we announced at the executive committee meeting that the North American Mission Board is going to come along and and help conventions with another five million dollars mm-hmm. toward achieving this goal and trying to do everything we can to get this done. And then the fifth thing is, you know, just like you do in your state and just like we're going to do across the country, I mean, we've got to increase our giving through the cooperative program. And uh, that, that in itself is another podcast in and of itself alone. Absolutely. Well, no, because it's deep, but in reality, what we need to do, Tim, is that, is that one day we know that we need to be back at a national level of around $500 million. That, 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 that sounds like a lot of money, but in reality, we've done it before. But since the Great Recession uh, of 2008-2009, Southern Baptists have never recovered, and they're giving to the cooperative program. We've been, we've been going up, and then we come back down a little bit. We need to create uh, a vision that is so exciting that people want to support the vision. I believe dollars follows vision. And so with this, we believe the vision is compelling. And what we're just going to ask churches to do 
is just find a way to give more. I mean, that find a way to give more. Absolutely. Listen, this is about the Great Commission, and we need to do what we can to forward it to the glory of God. Amen. Ronnie, awesome, awesome vision. And uh, we are supporting you and we're supporting that here in Michigan. That's some of our goals, the very things that you've set aside were goals that we set aside for 2025. Uh, We've been kind of, uh, we chuckled about it. We thought, how did he get our goals set like that? (laughs) But we really did. We set aside for 2025 to have 500 churches and just Mm. uh, the increase in baptism, all those things that were Mm. hard in your heart or on heart on our hearts as well. Well, Ronnie, thank you for being so kind and gracious to join us today. We appreciate it. And folks, thank you for listening there and uh, listening to the podcast of Punching Holes in the Darkness. Let's continue to do that. Let's do everything we can to make a difference, to get the gospel out there, to share the good news with those who have never heard. There's a lot of darkness out there, folks. And if we will join together, pool together our resources and our abilities and gifts, God will give us the great arm to punch holes in the darkness. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. It's just a joy. It's such a joy to serve with you. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And... If you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.